0: You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: All righty, for today's Locked On Reds and today's Locked On Cardinals, We've got a crossover because it's locked on Reds and locked on Cardinals talking about Redbirds and Redlegs this weekend in St. Louis. This is the first stop this year at uh, New Bush, Bush Three, Bush Whatever, Bush Three, uh, Bush the Third uh, at the um, at, at there for the Redlegs this season and the home series, obviously two to one Reds. I don't expect the this is going to be a series all year long that's just going to go back and forth. Uh, It's going to be a lot of fun watching this weekend because we've got two teams. Before we jump into the uh, series, Lucas, let's let's talk about what the last two weeks have been for both of our ball clubs because I, I think the word that we can definitely start with is frustrating.
0: Oh, absolutely! Yeah, I had uh, Ben Fredrickson of the St. Louis Post-Dispatch on my show last week, and I, first question I asked him was, "What's your general like general outtake before we get into specifics?" And he goes, "Well, a season is happening. We have baseball that is being played. You know, there's really no, you know, especially for the Cardinals because they're, they're coming into this stretch that they're starting today, 17 games in 17 days, so a lot, right? And they're coming into it at eight and 10. And after the Nolan, Ar- Nolan Arnado acquisition, after Opening Day." not would have expected this to happen, right? And it has. And, it, it, you know, there's a lot of specifics we might or might not get into today, but it, it's happening. And it, it definitely is frustrating because, for me, I think that both of these teams are better than what they're showing. I think that the Reds probably came off a little too hot, and then they yeah. went way too far down, and the Cardinals have really kind of stayed pat. So I think both these teams could be better than they are right now, and it's, it's disappointing, at least for my end. I'm not really paying attention too far <laughs> to the Reds, but I can only imagine how disappointing it is on that side as well.
1: I mean, I think the microcosm for what the Reds have been the last two weeks was Nacho Man yesterday, uh, trying to catch <laughs> that home run and falling over and not getting the home run and losing his nachos all at the same time. Yep. That was uh, tough. A- After starting six and one, they're three and eight. And actually they are the exact opposite of the Pirates. The Pirates just happen to have played one more game than the Reds. Mm-hmm. They're only a half game behind the Reds right now, who started one and six. So it's it's partially Well, it's just April, and it's also partially frustrating because that 6-1 start really did change expectations a little bit, for me at least, because the last couple of years, the Reds have started off terrible. In fact, really the last three years, they've started off abysmal, and they started off so hot this year, so you're thinking, okay, they're going to get some momentum rolling early in the season. Maybe there's a little bit of a lull in the middle or something like that, but then the lull came just like that. And it's mostly due with the pitching, because and it's mostly due with the bullpen. To be honest with you, the, the starting pitching outside of Castillo has been fantastic. In fact, in Game Two of the one and a half header, it really wasn't a double header. It was just it was a continuation of the Tuesday right. night. Uh, no, I don't want to call it a rain delay. It was like a snow sleet, cold delay, umpires not wanting to delay. It it was a mess. And so then the second game, the regularly scheduled game on Wednesday, Tyler Malley was phenomenal. And then TJ Antone comes in and he was phenomenal. And then Amir Garrett wasn't. So it, it's a lot of frustration with the bullpen right now. They're walking a ton of guys. And that is the most annoying thing ever. Because that is the one thing that they have total control of, is throwing strikes. So it's been frustrating to watch. Do I think they're going to be this bad all year? No. Do I think the 6-1 start was a bit of a mirage? Yes. So we're still trying to figure out, will the real Reds team step up to the plate?
0: Right. I saw one of the, you know, you mentioned that it's just April. I'm like, yes, like these games count just as much as September games do. Like, I understand that, like, like logically yeah. speaking. But at the same time, we have a lot of time in between now and then to fix the problems on any team you're on, you know, let alone our two teams. Right. I saw this meme. Have you, watched, have you ever watched The Office? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, okay. You know, the, the scene when Jim's explaining like the, the kid that Michael's having with Jan, and how they're not related. <laughs> yeah. well, the top yeah. part of it was. They're seventeen games in or whatever. Then the bottom part was: if you're worried about a a team seventeen games into the season, that says more about your character than it does about your baseball (laughs) knowledge. And you know, it's just kind of funny because I talked about this a lot. Like every time I've talked about a crossover, I've talked about this point is baseball is just so different from any other sport because, like, for the athletics right now, an 11-0 run in basketball and an 82-game season means a heck of a lot more than it does in baseball, right? Yeah. And vice versa, so does an 8-10 and start, right? Um, so it, it's just a patience game. And it, it sucks to try and be patient because you want this team to be better because, you know, you also look at it, if you lose the division by a game in September, then you look back at an April 23rd game, right? So it's just, it, it's a hit-or-miss thing, and it's a balance of being concerned with the problems you have, Versus recognizing the longevity of the season, because right now the Cardinals just—they're either hitting a ton or they're hitting zero, right? And that needs to be fixed. And it's the opposite from the Reds, where the bullpen and the starting pitching, especially as of the last four or five games, has been phenomenal. You know, so it's—it's it, it's just a matter of finding that balance of concern and worry versus recognizing the longevity that we have.
1: Well, let's let's jump into this weekend series here. We've got a lot of great pitching matchups, really. I know last season K.K. Kim really had the Reds' number. Uh, now, he, he, I mean, ERA doesn't tell you anything this early on in the season. His ERA is nine. That doesn't, that doesn't let me, lead me to believe that he's a bad pitcher now. I, I still think he's got plenty of talent. So looking at him tonight going up against Sonny Gray, uh, what are your expectations for KK Kim?
0: Yeah, that, that, the, the nine ERA you're talking about comes after one start. He started yeah. the season in the, on the injured list. Of, Forget what the injury was, um, but started season on Angelus, made one start against the Phillies and didn't pitch extremely well, um, but you know. Yeah, like you mentioned, he pitched really well against the Reds in the two starts last year. So, you know, I'm not looking for seven, eight innings of utter dominance by any stretch of the imagination. But, you know, I think that that Kim, realistically speaking, despite the exceptional year he had last year, he's probably a 4-5 pitcher. You know, that's what he is. He's going to be a th- maybe a 3 on his best day, but he's going to be a 4-5 or five in the rotation. So I'm not expecting him to, to dazzle and go back to his 20 self. I'm expecting him to go five innings, maybe six innings if he's really good keep the Reds under three runs, and that's not going to be easy. I've always talked about how much I love this lineup, but realistically speaking, he's not going to strike out a ton of guys. But, yeah, five, six innings, less than three runs, that'd be a huge win for St. Louis because even with the off day yesterday, they need some longevity. They need the starters to go five, six innings instead of four to five innings. You know? Um but I think it'll be interesting, I just uh, we just don't know, because Kim had a short and weird year last year, and this year injured list, so we're not really sure what we're going to get exactly out of him yet. So this will be a, um, an interesting step in the right direction for him if he's able to shut down the Treads lineup. And he traditionally, last year in short sample size, pitched better at Bush than he did otherwise. So looking forward to that as well. What about Sonny Gray?
1: Conversely, I'm loving the fact that Sonny Gray's back and he only has one start as well. It's ironic the comparison between the two starters tonight and that they've only pitched once because of injuries. Mm -hmm. Gray's was back spasms. And it's something that I'm going to keep my eye on all year long because the way that he talked about it in his press conference, whenever they mentioned him going on the injured list back in spring training, it, it really seemed like he was stopping short of saying that it's something that he's been dealing with for over a year now. So that that's given me some concern because that is not—I mean, you think of back injuries in life, they're not something that go away. And I wonder what that's going to mean for his pitching. He looked Fine in his first outing. I mean, you'd, he filled up a box score. It wasn't a situation of zero, zero, zero. So he he was not perfect, but at the same token, he looked all right. He's going to have to be the sunny gray that we all know that he can be if the Reds are going to be any kind of good this year, especially if Luis Castillo is going to continue his struggles. So I, I look for tonight for him to be pitch efficient. I, I'm kind of with you. I think that he needs to go at least six innings. Uh, this bullpen has been taxed over the mm-hmm. Arizona series, which, for whatever reason, Arizona just looked like world beaters. I mean, you figure you score 11 runs in a game, you're going to win, but...
0: Right, especially against uh, Arizona.
1: Yeah, I don't want to get uh, too frustrated right now <laughs> on the podcast, because we're talking about a series coming up, and yeah, whatever. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I, yeah. I'm hoping that he can at least give us six innings tonight, because... He's going up against a lineup that is very interesting when you're talking about Goldschmidt and Arenado, and then you've got the just, he could be on fire, he could be ice cold Dylan Carlson, and you've got guys like Yadier Molina, who uh, right now just seems to be uh, grabbing the uh, grabbing life by the back of the neck. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> I wasn't going to bite. I'm not biting. <laughs> But, but, yeah, no, I mean, he's he's played really well so far, yeah. I got I gotta give it to him. The Yachty's turned back the clock. like I, I think you I think you tweeted that uh, a couple yep. of days ago. he's he's turning back the clock. So it's going to be a pressure pack situation because the Reds cannot come out of this. I, I really don't want to say that they can't come out of this getting swept because everybody knows that. But Lord right. knows if if they continue this four game losing streak and just keep throwing up l after l and then going to l a. With that sort of a record, it's, it's going to yeah. be really tough.
0: Yeah, I think that, you know, something that Ryland Styles and I talked about yesterday in a locker room discussion of just like how important it is to build off of these strong Aprils or to scrap the April if it's bad, right? And obviously yeah. April's not over yet so that we, we could, we, you know, but, you know, to your point, the, the Reds right now need to forget about the series that just yeah. got over, you know. And not to bring up too many bad memories as well, but do you remember the last time Sonny Gray pitched against St. Louis?
1: I think I, I blocked
0: that Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the six-run inning that the Cardinals got. Gray was wasn't even – no, I remember tweeting about that. Like, I wasn't watching that game for whatever reason. I think I was announcing a volleyball game, but I remember getting out of that, and I was like, this is a glitch. Like, there's no way the Cardinals scored six runs against Sonny Gray. So it's a weird thing. Anything can happen. But I think you bring up a good point of just like that. They have to get on, off a good start. And I think that the Cardinals have been in that stretch for probably two or three series in a row now because they, they lost the opening series to Cincinnati. They go out and sweep Miami at Miami. And I don't care what to say. Miami is a good team. Yes. I, I, just, I, 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 you know, I you isn't that. the general you, you know, but just like Miami is a good team. So that's that's, that's a quality sweep, right? And they haven't won a series since. They lose two out of three at home to Milwaukee, at home to Washington, on the road to Philadelphia and Washington again. So they've been in this, this, this stage of limbo right now where they need a series win, like direly, right? And something's going to give. Like, it's a three-game series. We're not going to have a tie. So both the Reds and Cardinals right now are coming into this, I think, needing a series win. And one of them's going to get it. And the, the Cardinals, um think they go off to... New York at some point. I forget what the 17 games is a lot to memorize. But my <laughs> Wi-Fi is, you know, we talked. air, my Wi-Fi is too crappy to try and to do things at once. So, but they, they they have a interesting schedule after that where they play the Pirates at one point, they play the Rockies at one point at home. So it'll be interesting to see what the Cardinals can do with this first series after a fresh off day. You're gonna have your bullpen maybe a little bit rested, like I mentioned. Kim still needs to go deep, but the, the pitching is gonna be what saves St. Louis right now. They navigated a weird season last year with the COVID delay that everybody dealt with, plus the COVID delay that the Cardinals dealt with, with the extremely deep pitching staff that they had last year. And I would argue it's still deep this year. You're going to see a Johan Oviedo start at some point during these next 17 days. Um, and he's going to be a spot starter for, for St. Louis, guy that pitched a little bit last year. So I'm really looking to see how the, the starting pitching can carry the Cardinals right now because... The offense is going to be a crapshoot. We don't know what that's going to be. It's going to be future Famine. But the starting pitching can really set the tone. And they've had three really good starts coming into this series, so can they build off of that?
1: Without a doubt. And and that's so that's tonight's game. Let's let's look mm-hmm. at Saturday and Sunday. I wanna break down both starters because Sunday obviously is going to be uh well, okay. Every time I say a pitching matchup is going to be a heavyweight (laughs) pitching matchup, something happens and it just goes the opposite. So I don't want to say that. I didn't say that. I said it not to say it. So I I didn't jinx it. Asterix. Asterix. Yeah, (laughs) asterix. Yes, exactly. So let's look at Saturday because we've got Wiley Miley on the mound going up against John Gantt. And other than his profile picture where he looks hairy, I don't know anything about John (laughs) Gantt.
0: Well, let me fill you in. John Gant is good at baseball. That was like this weird tweet that like literally went trending on Twitter a couple weeks ago. And honest to God, I don't know why it went trending, but it just did. It, it, people were just saying, John Gant is good at baseball. So got to love that,
1: that website. You gotta that's gotta
0: that's my that pop culture website. reference for the day, Jeff. That that's what I'm going to go with. But anyways, so he's, he's a guy that, that he started off in the Atlanta organization. He pitched a little bit as a start in 2018, bullpen guy last year and the year before, and He's a guy that, that has he has a Vulcan change up, he grips it like, oh, you know, nice. like like Spock. He's got massive hands. He literally fits a baseball in between those two fingers. It's nice. it's bizarre. The, the ring finger and middle finger. Um, so when he's on, he's on, right? But at the same time, he hasn't really shown anything to be more than a number 5 pitcher. So he went 5 innings the other day against Washington, gave up one run. And that's a huge win for me. You know, I'm not expecting John Gant to go out and dazzle like Jack Flaherty would, right? So he's a guy that, that can mix in a curveball. He's got a, he's got really live fastball, to be honest with you. And that's why I think he's more effective in the bullpen because his changeup and his fastball are plus pitches or his other ones are kind of eh, which is what makes him more of a five. So I would rather see him in the bullpen. But he's a starter. Go for it. Whatever. He, he's had and eh results so far, so there's been no reason to take him out of the rotation. It's just a matter of, what type of movement is he going to get on his secondary and third, treachery pitches rather than his, his primary pitches of the fastball changeup. And that can make a difference in a in a guy like John Gantt's start.
1: I would look for him to really work in those breaking balls, especially against like Suarez. Suarez has been struggling quite a bit mm-hmm. against uh, breaking pitches. It, it seems like, and I know he hit a home run uh, yesterday, which was nice to see because dude has just been struggling mightily, but he is striking out at a, enormous percentage it's it's kind of concerning to see and part of that is it seems like every time he is swinging he's expecting a fastball so I'm looking I'll be interested to see how he gets that curveball going against I think Swarov's will be a good measuring stick to see how his tertiary pitches are looking on on Saturday and I'm really impressed that I just pronounced that word right um (laughs) Wade Miley is is um intriguing me, Because I'm expecting him over the course of this season to pitch to his career numbers. 4.5 ERA is where I have his baseline. So far, he's pitching way better than that. So hmm. that probably means he's due for a bad start. And I'm, I'm a little bit, I'm kind of ducking. I'm, I'm hoping that it's not coming at Bush on Saturday because I think that if the Reds are going to be successful in this series, it's got to be day one and day two because mm-hmm. I don't know what they're going to be able to do against Mr. Flaherty on Sunday. But with Wade Miley, it, it, he has been pitching phenomenal. His strikeout rate is much higher than I thought it would be, which probably means that, again, regression is due. So mm-hmm. – When is that going to come, and how is that going to bite the Reds in the butt, and will the lineup be able to kind of make up for that start on that day is going to be interesting because they've had a lot of really good games here lately, but they're coming up against pitchers that you expect them to have those games against. What happens when they go up against the good guys, and what happens when they go up against a Gantt with a live fastball because the guys that they just got done playing against the Diamondbacks are really more crafty right-handers who locate and don't try to overpower you. So I, I'll be interested to see how they deal with Gant on Saturday. Now Sunday, I'm going to start with this one because Luis Castillo right. needs this game. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what it's going to look like because he has had a lot of problems getting his fastball going recently. We all know he can pitch a changeup. He can throw that changeup and it is going to be phenomenal. It's one of the best in the league. Yep. What does he do outside of that? Because he hasn't located his sinking fastball at all, and that is kind of his yin to the yang of the changeup. So he's got to get that going. It's been crushed when it's in the zone, and it's not been in the zone very much. And there's been a lot of cases where it's been Tucker Barnhart that's caught him that Tucker Barnhart will set up in a position and he will have to jump to to catch where the pitch actually goes to. So I am looking for him to really settle down with the command on Sunday. Um, If he Mm -hmm. can limit the walks and the hard hit contact, the results are going to be a little bit less important to me because I just need to see him have the command that he had last season because he is, um, his numbers right now are just, Concerning. He, he normally strikes batters out at a rate of almost 30%. He's at 17% right now. That's a big dip for a guy that relies on those strikeouts. And if you're not striking out people, he's given up a lot of hard contact this year. That's why, I mean, you go back to the game in San Francisco where the Reds scored four runs in the top of the fourth, or top of the fourth, top of the first. And you're thinking, oh my gosh, you just gave Luis Castillo a four-run lead. I'm feeling really good about this game. Ball and game. Then, yeah. And then in the bottom of the first, they tie it, and brand new ball game. And it was mm. so frustrating because they did it the exact same way the Reds did. So I am I, looking for command and for him to at least look like he is keeping the Cardinals hitters off balance. Because in his last start nobody was off balance the, the the diamondbacks were completely confident in every single pitch that he was throwing and I really worry about what that's going to look like with Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado at the plate
0: yeah I think one thing that like what makes a changeup so deadly is a good fastball or at least a good primary you know sinker cutter whatever it might be like as good as your changeup is if you just keep throwing it throwing it throwing it at the professional level it's going to get hit right you need yeah. something to change off of it right and you know it sounds obvious, beating a dead horse. But to your point, that, that's, why, that's what makes the fastball so important. And I think for, for Flaherty, he's pretty much the same way. and He's got the two pitches that everybody knows about. He's got a fastball and he's got a wicked slider, right? And for him, he's trying to mix in a couple of change It's not anywhere close to Luis Castillo's. But for Flaherty, he, he, we've seen the dominance. Not only in the latter half of 2019, we, we've seen it in spot starts outside of that stretch, right? Because that stretch was ungodly. He's probably never going to touch that stretch again for that long, right? And he doesn't need to. He doesn't need to pitch to a sub-2 ERA to be effective at this level, right? Um, Or sub-1. It was .91. But um, he still needs to be better than what he has been since this point, right? And he's had two or three quality starts in a row. I'm not a fan of the the stat quality start, because a quality start could mean you have an ERA of 4.5, and to me, an ERA of 4.5 is not quality. So when I say quality start, I don't mean a stat. One of them has been, but that's beside the point, right? So for him, he's he's built off momentum. The first start in Cincinnati, even for Castillo, I'm calling that a wash for both of them just because yeah. the weather was cold. I'm not trying to make excuses for him. Everybody's got to pitch in. But that was a brutal environment to pitch in, right? So, But even since then, he had a okay start against Miami, really good start against Washington the other day. He's been getting better and better with each and every start. He looks more like his old self. When Flaherty's right, he's throwing his fastball inside the righties because he's not afraid to get in there. And not only that, He's locating it, right? Because if you miss inside or righty a little bit over the plate, Suarez is going to hit that thing 425 feet, right? So yeah. when is at his best, he's able to dot the fastball in the inside corner and then throw a slider down and away, right? Same thing with lefty. That- dot the fastball in and then throw a back foot slider. One last break before Jeff and I continue talking about Reds and Cardinals, and I want to tell you about Built Bar, the best-tasting protein bar ever. It has 18 amazing flavors with nut and non-nut options. My favorite, as you all know, is cookies and cream, but I just put in another order for some orange double chocolate, cookies and cream as well, and some German chocolate. These are all soft and easy to chew protein bars. And best of all, they're covered 100%. That's right, 100% in delicious chocolate. And I am a sweet tooth, so it is delicious even more for me. But they're still incredibly healthy. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in this delicious treat because they are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber with the great built Bar taste. Be sure to head over to BiltBar.com to get your order and use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15, LOCKED15 for 15% off your next order at BiltBar.com.
1: Yeah, that's definitely going to be something that's going to throw Suarez off. And, and I look for Castianos as well. We. I tried to bait you a little bit earlier with the Yadier Molina thing, but we haven't didn't touched on that just yet, but he is going to be interesting because he does tend to uh, dive out for those sliders. And I think Jack Flaherty knows that. So he's going to see a heavy diet of sliders on Sunday. And really um, it's going to be interesting to see because the guys who have replaced, which has mostly been Kyle Farmer to this point, but with Moose out of the lineup and he's going to be out of the lineup till at least Tuesday, who is going to step up outside of Jesse Winker and Nick Castellanos? It's been a little bit of Joey Votto, but Joey Votto's kind of cooled off the last couple of games. And Suarez really need him to get going. I mean, he's he cannot hit below 200 and the Reds be effective. It just it, right. it can't happen. So he has got to get right. And how is he going to do it against the guy like, gant who's going to be able to throw him off balance with a fastball and if he can get his curveball going and then you get on to sunday where suarez's biggest weakness is a slider a good slider so i i really wonder that might i don't want to predict a golden sombrero a day but i just don't want him to have a golden sombrero on sunday because right. that's not that's not going to be so good so i um i think you and i have sounded you more so than I have, have sounded really smart talking about our team, so let's um <laughs> let's look at what do we think is going to happen this series uh let's go with wins and losses, how many fights mm-hmm. and okay I'm just kidding <laughs> wins and losses first all
0: right we we'll, will say fights for another day. Um, <laughs> I think that the Cardinals win the latter two. I think okay. that the cardinals lose tonight, Cardinals Twitter loses its freaking mind and they want a fire shield, and they do all these things, and then they win Saturday Sunday. I love Cardinals. I love the Cardinal fan base; as a special fan base. But they want they they want Mike Schultz's head right now. That they really do, and I understand it to a, to a point, And not to get too far off topic, but the lineup construction has been a question mark for Phil Schultz right now. Batting Carpenter so high up in the lineup is in a question mark. And yes, Carpenter is statistically speaking the unluckiest person in baseball, and that's not a, that's not an exaggeration. He is. Right. Um, but at the same time, results matter more than more than possible stats. Right. So, anyways. I think that the Cardinals lose tonight. I think that they come back. I think Gant is able to keep them off balance, and I'm not betting against Flaherty at home. I, I you know, I, I've learned to not bet against Wainwright at all. I, I lose that bet sometimes, but Wainwright proves me wrong nine times out of ten. I never bet against Flaherty at home. I think Flaherty gets the job done on Sundays. So, but I think that the Cardinals go two and one, winning the last two.
1: I, I, I want to be a homer and disagree with you, but I think I kind of I think I kind of agree with you. I, I think that they've got a nice shot tonight. I I definitely worry about Sunday. I give Flaherty the advantage there. Saturday's the wild card. Oh, what what Absolutely. is going to happen between Miley and Gant? And then how long does Miley last? Miley has pitched pretty deep into his last couple of starts, so I wonder what they're going to get out of him. the The interesting thing will be: Does TJ Antone pitch tonight? Do they have to use him on Sonny Gray's start? Because if they don't, they can piggyback him with Wade Miley, and that is a beautiful just duality of pitching. You've got the Wiley left-hander followed by a fireballing with a nice slider right-hander that they can really throw guys off balance with. So I'll be interested to see if Antone pitches tonight. I think if he does, the Reds lose on Saturday. I think if they don't, they might win, but I still think that they're going to go 1-2 and two on this series because I feel like... While it's not crossroads time and it's not like do-or-die desperation time, we're kind of getting to the point where four losses in a row and eight out of 11 are starting to feel heavy mm-hmm. on this team that knows that they have to perform because the front office isn't bringing any help. The, the ownership said before this season, and this was a literal quote, and I hated this quote, and I, I will never back this sort of thing, but ownership said – finances are a train wreck right now for the reds they're telling us that they're not going to do anything so what what the team is on the field right now and they i hope they don't start pressing but they have got a tough six game road trip going to st louis and then following it with la and where's their focus at right now i i think i kind of agree with you i I expect them to go one and two (laughs) i really hope that they don't though
0: yeah i think that you know i feel like you can always trick yourself into thinking, oh yeah, my team will go one and two, or two <laughs> and one rather, when you have a team like the Reds and Cardinals that right now on April 23rd, we really don't know a whole lot. You know what I'm saying? No. Um, and, and we'll, we'll wrap it up, but just a quick note. I really, I want to say this to you in person. I know we, we Twitter DM'd about it, but I was not a fan of how MOB handled the Castellanos situation. I tweeted this out. Cardinal fans might hate me for this. There is no reason Yadier Molina was not also kicked out of that game. In, in the moment, but I, I, we talked about this as well. Like it was handled on the field, yeah. right? So even if you are only going to kick out Castellanos, cause he was the, the instigator MLB is mine. And that's, that's a different point. Right. Like Th- that, that, that's fine. I get behind that logic. I can see why people would think that. Right. But then to suspend him after the two people that were in it, the most of Yadi and Castellanos talking about it on field, sure. A little, a little heated, but talking about it, not throwing punches there. To me, there is no reason for that suspension. And I, I was really shocked. I was extremely shocked yeah. when it was upheld right the other day. Um, so I just want to put that on record. I really hope that there's no hits by pitchers that are intentional this weekend, and that we can just have a nice, fun weekend. But that usually doesn't happen with Cincinnati. But I'm still <laughs> hoping that cooler heads will continue to prevail, and we can just watch some fun baseball this weekend.
1: I honestly, if I were a betting man, and if uh, Bet Online had some kind of uh, prop <laughs> for this, I would bet on this happening i think that castellanos like first at bat he might like lean his bat against his knee as he steps into the batter's box and like <laughs> fist bump yachty or something i just don't i that's don't not see,
0: gonna go well i don't but see I've him trying yeah. that that's not gonna go well no, i know i know but i i expect
1: <laughs> castellanos is gonna do something where he's like look i'm trying to extend an olive branch here i i or maybe he does nothing at all i don't know but yeah. i know that he's not gonna be the instigator of this because i i also saw major league baseball like it's almost like they tried to do a makeup call to make it seem like they were making the right call with Castellanos where they suspended Adam Eaton from the White Sox and in, in that oh, game, that, too. Yeah. And they used the same reasoning. And it was intriguing to me that Castellanos said in his interview after they upheld the suspension, they asked him, they said, w- what reasoning did they give you? And he's like, honestly, you know, wh- whatever, I'll accept the suspension and stuff like that. He did mention that in the appeal up being upheld um, they used like covid and super spreader and stuff like that where that was not language that they used in the initial suspension so it was almost right. like they were changing their tune because they realized that that tune almost made some sort of sense. I don't know. It yeah. was it that was. One, held I, I, really I
0: get the, I get the logic behind that one, but the super shadow yeah. stuff. I and mean, I get that we're hoping for the tail end of this thing. But as an institution organization, I understand that logic. You know what I mean? I don't yeah. necessarily agree with it, but I understand that logic.
1: It's at least yeah. It's at least an explanation because right. whereas beforehand they gave no reasonable explanation. Whatsoever. No, no, absolutely but not. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully. Uh, we, we come out of this three-game series without dealing with any more suspensions.
0: <laughs> Hope so. Fingers crossed.
1: <laughs> oh, man. Well, Lucas, I appreciate you coming on. I, I, I love doing crossovers, and I love talking with you about uh, Reds and Cardinals because I think Absolutely. that we can talk about it amicably and, and not be like Twitter people hollering at each other. You know, Because that really wasn't a fight, too. I want to I put that out there. That was yep. not a fight. That was a hollering. What happened yeah. in 2010, that was a fight. Oh my gosh. This was a hollering. That's a good point. That's a good point. uh, This wasn't nothing. So Mm -hmm. Um, Lucas, tell my followers and my listeners um, who are, uh, a couple um a handful um <laughs> you're tell always them- in the top
0: five man you're <laughs> always in the top five of locked on mlb podcast on our weekly that newsletter cut.
1: that must be i i mean i have been downloading a lot so maybe <laughs> you I have can. like
0: 18 different burner <laughs> accounts different burner phones you're downloading your shows onto, making <laughs> so, the difference
1: something like that the, the odyssey <laughs> app a-e-b-a-c-y and all that good stuff um no but yeah. um, <laughs> where, where can they follow you on twitter and all
0: that good stuff Yeah, and I'm not trying to be mean here, Jeff, but this is the second time you've done this. The show's Twitter is at LO underscore Cardinals. You keep using the old one, so I just want to say that. So that's the Twitter and Instagram, LO underscore Cardinals, and then I'm on Twitter at LJFastball.
1: I keep doing. I'm I'm bad, I'm bad about it. Okay. Right. It's okay. It's Sh- okay. Shout out to our old buddy Moose who used to host there the show. Go.
0: That was yeah,
1: that was his. Um, mm-hmm. all right, and then for the yeah, Cardinals for you. and for the yeah, <laughs> and for the Cardinals fans, if uh, you want to hate, follow or come throw some shade or something like that, whenever <laughs> you guys do a win or uh, anything, uh, follow me at Jeff Carr with three F's and two R's, and follow me at Locked On Reds on uh, Twitter and on Instagram as well. I try to post something to instagram i'm not a i'm not a grammable guy so i uh, <laughs> try to post pictures of food uh, ballpark food mm-hmm. which by the way got a bread cone parfait yesterday that was nice that was uh, so all right real quick before we get out of here i got to talk about food uh because i'm kind of hungry. Always. but Did it you? was it was literally a bread cone that was pretty tasty in and of itself that had pulled pork in it you can get it with pulled chicken as well and then mm-hmm. at the bottom was mac and cheese and on the top was coleslaw. So <laughs> you look like a fool trying to eat it, but right. it tasted fantastic.
0: Because I was that's, just like,
1: I they give you a fork and a knife, but come on, you're at a baseball stadium. You just
0: go for no, that thing, man. That's, that's one in. thing. That's I agree. My grandfather's the same mind. If you have to eat it with a fork and a knife, you should not be eating it at a baseball game. Nope. So that, that sounds delicious, though. I'll have to come over to Cincy and try that
1: that that was good the s'mores fry box was good i recommend not eating that on a 30 degree day which hopefully here soon won't be an issue and uh yeah i i'm i'm looking for there's a couple other things i got to try around the ballpark but those are the first two new things that i've tried this year and i've been
0: i've been happy love it love it always good to try new foods you're branching out i like it absolutely
1: well lucas sir thank you sir and uh hopefully uh, the reds win
0: <laughs> we'll see we'll see